Welcome to Adventures in Creativity, a show fueled by conversations and curiosity with your host, David Swida. Welcome back, fellow adventurers. This is the Adventures in Creativity podcast, a digital soup production. I'm your host, your tour guide, your adventuring companion, David Swiduck. If you want to keep up with everything Adventures in Creativity, you can visit davidswiduck.com or find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at David Swiduck. Now, we've got a fun topic today. We're going to take a little side tangent into the world of movies, and I had a chance over the last weekend to watch a couple very vastly different movies back-to-back, and I gotta say, they might have been the perfect one-two combination of creative, motivational type of movies, and I really didn't think they would go together. So before we get into the show, though, I want to take just a second, as always, to remind you guys that if you... Um, are a creative, if you enjoy exploring any sort of creative pursuits, you can help me out here in a couple very big, yet very simple, simple ways. That's how I like things, nice and easy, right? First thing, do me a favor, head over to Apple Podcast, or of course the podcast player of your choice, but in Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, which means you just get to listen for free. It doesn't cost you anything. It's absolutely free. And while you're in there hitting that subscribe button, hit that rating and leave a a review, leave a note for me, and I'll read them on the air as they come in. Would love to hear more from you guys. Plus, the added bonus is that it really helps people find the show and allows our creative community here at AC to continue to grow. Lastly, if you or someone you know is doing something interesting and creative, you think I should sit down for a chat with them or with yourself, let me know. actually had a couple different people reach out to me saying they'd be down for a chat because they're doing some cool stuff uh, creatively and they think the the show would be fun to, to chat with their process or chat about their process, I should say. Listen to me early in the episode. Can't talk already. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one, guys. I'm kind of excited about this one and uh, really excited to just bring you these movies. This isn't going to be such a kind of step-by-step, here's how to be creative type of episode, much more of a, hey, check this out, adventurers, come with me, check this out, come see what I found, because these two movies are fantastic and go well together. But all of that being said, if you know someone I should sit down and chat with, even if it's yourself, could be photography, writing, filmmaking, you know, musicians, woodworking, I've even got a conversation coming up with someone who does some custom metal work, excited to, to have that conversation, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But whatever it is, any other creative endeavors, just let me know. Reach out. I won't bite. You can uh, reach out on social media via all the methods I listed above, at David Swiduck. You can send me an email at info at davidswiduck.com. And you know what? By sending out those recommendations, it just helps make connections for more and more future adventures and creativity conversations. Let's get into some movie talk, shall we? All right, so as I mentioned off the top, I've got a couple movies that I watched back-to-back this weekend, and uh, one at home, one's an older movie, and one in the theaters. Now, I'll give you a warning right now. The one I watched at home, I'm not going to be concerned about spoilers, so if I spoil that for you, you I apologize, but it's on you. This movie's been out for probably at least seven years, if not longer. Could be a lot longer than that, even. Um... 
That one I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold back. If I spoil it, I spoil it. No big deal. The other one is a movie that's out in theaters right now, and I will do my best to avoid any spoilers and keep things fairly um, yeah, a little little vague. There, I don't want to ruin that one for you because it's a it's a great movie. I think you should go check out. So the first movie I want to talk about. Actually, you know what? Before we even get into the movies, let me set this up. Let me paint a picture. If you listened to Digital Soup Podcast this last week, episode 102, you've probably heard what these movies are already, and you already know where I'm going with this. So if you haven't, shame on you. Go listen to Digital Soup. But um, I want to set it up, and one of the running gags over at Digital Soup is that uh, that I'm a huge Golden Girls fan, and really I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I enjoyed it growing up, watched it, of course, but never <laughs> – it's not like I've got the uh, – the Golden Girls tattoo on my forearm or something like that. But in the Golden Girls, if you remember, there was the grandma, the the, the mom, I should say, not the grandma. They're all grandmas. Um, Sophia or Sophia, I think it was. And, um, you know, she would start, she'd tell these stories from back in the old days. And she'd always start these stories off. Picture it. Sicily. 1950 whatever and then she'd launch into her story. She'd paint the picture. So let's do that a little bit. So last weekend... Uh, sitting at home in the evening, me and the kids and my wife, my wife had to run some errands here. It was later in the evening, six, seven o'clock. And, uh, she took off to take care of the errands she had to run. And I decided, you know, let's throw a movie in for the kids and my kids. I'm a, I'm a musician as well as a photographer and a number of other things. And so thankfully my kids have a love of music as well. And what that means is that I was like, all right, this movie will be perfect for them. Now, I'm going to tell you the synopsis of this movie before I tell you the name. See if you can guess it. So the, the, the first movie I watched at home with the kids, as we snuggled up, I thought they'd love it. It's, it's a movie that tells a story of a charismatic young Irish guitarist. Now, I'm reading this. This is from Warner Brothers. Um, charismatic young Irish guitarist played by Jonathan Rhys-Meyers. Uh, sheltered young cellist played by Carrie Russell will have a chance to encounter one magical night above New York's Washington Square. <laughs> but they are soon torn apart, leaving in their wake an infant, who I won't say his name just yet, orphaned by circumstance. Now, performing on the streets of New York and cared for by a mysterious stranger, played by Robin Williams, this orphan uses his remarkable musical talent to seek the parents from whom he was separated at birth. Do you know what this movie is yet? You should. That's right. It's the movie August Rush from Warner Brothers. Now, this movie, it got brought up on Digital Soup because we were talking about Robin Williams and his character in this movie plays a character named Wizard. Kind of a jerk, kind of an a-hole. But at the same time, he has some incredibly uh, interesting and and amazing outlooks on on how music is made and where it comes from, what it's all about. And he plays this character that's pretty complex. On one hand, selfish, greedy, and you know a, a real a-hole, like I said. And at the other hand, he's really just trying to do everything he can to share and, and profit from these, these remarkable musical talents. And so August Rush, this is a movie, like I said, it's been out a long time. If you haven't seen it yet, you really need to go check it out. Uh, as soon as we're done recording, you're going to probably want to watch this anyways. I hope if I do a good job here explaining to you, but the thing that gets me so much about this movie as a musician is just, and not even as a musician, as a creative, is just how much it really, really 
I don't know the right way to put it. Like it really shows you that there is literally music everywhere. It surrounds us. It's created by the world around us. And the movie opens with a voiceover from our, our character, uh, August played by Freddie Highmore, who now stars, I believe in the, um, network drama or sitcom or whatever you call it, network show called the good doctor. Um, but basically it opens up and he's out in a, some kind of wheat field or something like that at his orphanage and the wind is blowing and it's, it's a voiceover by him kind of explaining what he's doing and he's hearing the sound of the wind through the grass. He's hearing the wind chimes on the porch. He's hearing all of these sounds and in his mind they're coming together kind of like this big symphony orchestra and he, he's just connected to it. And as the movie goes on, I mean, that that synopsis I read you yeah, that's a good synopsis. It kind of tells you in general what's going on, but it doesn't really tell you uh, kind of the how. And, and so what's happening, it says he uses his remarkable talent, to uh, musical talent, to seek the parents from whom he was separated at birth. Well, like I said, his mom, played by Carrie Russell, is a super talented cellist, um, you know, playing with the New York Philharmonic, I believe it was. And she finishes her concert and it, it the, the movie kicks right in after his opening sequence and they show her up on stage. She goes for this big performance and you know, the, the famous setting and everything else she's playing is very classical music. And as she gets into it, she's kind of nervous going into it and the music kind of takes over. She relaxes and it cuts and merges her music in with the Irish guitarist played by Jonathan Reese Myers. His name is Lewis. And, um, the, the two songs kind of merge together and it's almost like you, they visually and through the music make this connection that these two people are just destined to meet. Their music sings together. It works together and they do end up meeting later at a party and, um, they spend, <laughs> they have a one night stand. That's what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. No sugarcoating it. And he falls madly in love with her. They go the next morning. She has to go home. Her dad's super controlling and, um, they're flying out of town and he tells her, meet me at 10 o'clock at this spot where they were. And she doesn't come. So he runs to the hotel. She said she was staying at just in time to see her get stuffed into a cab by her father and all this stuff. He's heartbroken, lost the love of his life, even though it was a one night fling. And the movie takes off from there. Well, what happens is that of course, one night stand, she gets pregnant and, um, after she's getting pretty big, she's pretty almost due she has an argument with her dad and she wants to go meet this guy or something's going on. I forget exactly the details. And she runs out of this restaurant out into the street and there's a beautiful score and beautiful music happening this whole time, tying this whole story together. And it's, it's set amongst a number of flashbacks where we see August currently in his orphanage and how people are picking on him for being a freak because he's so in tune with the music and the sounds around him. And his belief is that as long if he can find a way to make the music that he's hearing in his mind in the world all around him, it will somehow lead him to or draw his parents to him, you know, so they'll come find him because he was separated at birth. And the reason why, because she gets hit by a car and in the hospital, she wakes up and is told the baby has died. She was led to believe the baby has died. Meanwhile, her jerk of a father while she was sedated and everything else forges her signature, gives the baby up for adoption. She has no clue he's even there. Doesn't even know the baby lived until years later. 
And she kind of finds this out. The dad has a medical emergency and um, spills the beans. And she's, of course, furious. And she goes on a mission to find the son. In the meantime, you see the Irish guitarist, Lewis. He's quit music because he's so heartbroken about it. Can't do it anymore. Walked out on his band, which is uh, one of his brothers as well, I believe. And he goes and takes some kind of corporate job out in San Francisco. And one thing leads to another. He decides he's going back. He's going to start playing music again. Um, has some life things happen. And uh, he's engaged to be married. Fiance leaves him. All this other stuff. This stuff happens. But it's all tied together because August starts making music. He learns. He runs away from the orphanage. And he falls in with Wizard. He sees a, a kid performing on the street playing guitar. And he just amazed by it. And so he he follows the kid home. Turns out this kid is living in an abandoned like theater or something. And this wizard character played by Robin Williams has basically been gathering up kids that are talented musicians who are orphaned. They're street kids, but they've got some talent with music. And he's in a sense watching out for them, but he's also sending them out on street corners to perform and collect money for him as well, trying to book shows for him and everything else. August ends up in there and after the the first evening he he picks up a guitar and he's he's doing this weird uh, style of playing where the guitar's laying on the floor and he's kind of just tapping on it on the strings in different areas and just making this beautiful music and that's when he starts making that music and it starts to connect the world of him and his two parents who don't even know he exists and the two parents are not together anymore and of course we go on this incredible journey there is some of the most fantastic music in a movie that I have ever had the joy of listening to in this in this film. If for that alone, it's well worth watching. The weird thing is, the soundtrack. If you listen to just the audio only soundtrack, it's good. It's enjoyable. It's the same music, but it just doesn't quite have the same punch when you don't have the visuals to go with it. When you don't have the the context to go with it. So I, I really do recommend watch this movie. Set it up whether you watch it with some good headphones so you can really get immersed in the sound. Or watch it where you can turn the TV up a little bit and really enjoy the full sound of all the stuff they're doing. Because they're combining these classical instruments with things like, you know, garbage can lids closing and wind chimes and honking of horns. And all of this stuff comes together and forms just this amazing, with the electric guitars of, of Lewis, his father, I mean, just so much amazing stuff is happening with this movie that it, it really, really bears watching. And so, of course, at the end of the movie, he gets into Juilliard. I can't remember if it's the Philharmonic now or not. Whatever it is the big place out there. He's in Juilliard, though. He puts together this Mozart-level <laughs> com- compo- co- composure or whatever you want to call it. I, I lost my word there. I'm so stupid. Why can't I remember it? Composition. Uh, he puts together this orchestral piece. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, guys. I totally went mind blank on the word I'm looking for, but that's all right. Um, he puts together this amazing piece, and he's supposed to have this concert in the park, which coincidentally his mom is a an alumni of that same school at Juilliard, and she's performing for the first time in many years there as well. This big concert in Central Park. And of course, the dad hears it after his show and he has to go. He's drawn in by this music. And we get this this final act in the movie where he's gone through this struggle. He's been out on his mission searching for his parents. And he just believes that if he can only play that music, he'll find his parents. And, you know, lo and behold, it draws him in like flies and they see him on stage. The movie cuts. I told you there's going to be spoilers. 
he finishes his piece. And as the, as the orchestra is finishing, he turns around and he sees them and all that sound swells behind him. And he sees the two of them standing right in the front row at the, at the gates there, right next to him. He looks down on them. They're holding hands and he smiles. And you know, the, the idea is that I'm sure there's a happy, happily ever after in here as well. So very, very good movie. It was also one of the first times I heard uh, a rendition of the song, uh, moon dance, I think it's called, um, Robin Williams plays it on a, on a harmonica, and to open the movie, and you hear it later at the end of the movie, in a very sad version of it, but very, very good. But anyways, that's besides the point. So I want to give you some some moments from August Rush. I call them quotable moments. I'll have these listed in the show notes for you as well. Some of the things that really just stood out to me. Now, in the opening voiceover, I mentioned August himself is talking about what's going on, and it opens up with him saying, listen, can you hear it? The music, I can hear it everywhere, in the wind, in the air, in the light. It's all around us. All you have to do is open yourself up. All you have to do is listen. Now, that alone from a creative standpoint, if you're a musician, that makes a ton of sense. You're going you're gonna to hear that and you're going to say, yeah, I get it, man. But even as, say, a photographer, a painter, whatever you do, illustrator, I think... You could you could substitute the word music for the word photography, for the word inspiration, you know, any of that, because really isn't that kind of the core principle with all of creativity is that it's everywhere. It's just a matter of if we're willing to open ourselves up and just listen or look for it, you know, see it, whatever it is. So that's that's part of the reason. I mean, this is the opening voiceover. And already it's got, it's got a, a lesson for any creative out there that's just, just screaming at you saying, look, we're setting this up for you. We're going to show you how this all works in, in the context of this story, but really your creative pursuits, it is all right there for you. The, the music, the special sauce, whatever your creative passion is, your inspiration for that is everywhere, and it can come from anywhere, and, and all you have to do is be willing to see it, hear it, listen to it, let it come into your mind, let it enter you, and don't be afraid of it. Just just go with it. Like the wind, just, just let it come in and inspire you and follow where it goes. Now, second quote, he's getting, August is getting picked on a little bit because he loves music so much and people saying, ah, you're never going to find your parents. Just music thing you've got. It's a bunch of baloney, everything else. Another voiceover moment, but it says, but I believe in music the way that some people believe in fairy tales. Now I put this quote in here because I just thought what a fantastic way to think about the work that you create, the artwork you make, you know, as, as a musician, as, as a photographer, whatever it is, I mean, isn't it pretty amazing to think about the things that you do, the things that you really love to, to be able to look at yourself. And I don't know if, if all of us can, I mean, we all struggle with that. I'm sure at times uh, in varying degrees, but what a powerful statement to be able to really just believe in your heart of hearts that you believe in your, your creative pursuits, your artwork, the same way that people believe in fairy tales, the same way that people believe and I don't want to get religious, but they have faith in in God or, or something more powerful and, and bigger than what we see in front of our eyes here. And um, I think those two voiceovers alone, 
make this movie as a creative worth the price of admission. Granted, you can find it on Netflix. And so it's not it's not going to cost you much if you have Netflix. Pull this thing up and watch it tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, finish this episode and throw in August Rush. Check this movie out. Now, a couple other creations. Wizard, I mentioned Robin Williams' character uh, creations, quotes, I should say. Robin Williams' character, Wizard. He plays a big role in this movie throughout the whole probably middle third of it, maybe a little bit more than that. And he's talking to August at one point. Um they're, they're having a conversation about what music is. And he asked August, he says, uh, if I remember right, he says, you know what music is? Music is God's little reminder that there's something else besides us in this universe. It's a harmonic connection between all living beings everywhere, even the stars. And this is kind of the core of this movie. And it's kind of a beautiful thing where August, he believes in it so much. And the music is shown to have this connective power where his parents, Lewis, and I forget the mom's name, Carrie Russell, uh, Lila, I believe her name is. And they have this connection, this bond that happens, even though it's a one night stand, there is no doubt that the music connects them in a way that is special on a level that most people don't get to, don't get to experience. And I believe that can be true. You know, if I go and, and create a, an image or a series of image images where, you know, they're, they're really good. They're really well done. It's kind of the goal of, of all artwork, really, where you create something that is so good that when the people that find your work, the people that look at your work, your audience, so to speak, when they see that work, to have them connect with it on that level, to have them resonate with it on that level, that's a special connection. And it's something that flows, I really believe, between everybody if, as long as we're open to, to receiving it. I mean, there's a lot of us, uh, not, not really myself, I shouldn't say us, but there's a lot of people that will see photography, see creativity and all of that and just kind of shrug their shoulders. It's not their thing. But there's usually something that they're passionate about. And when they see it, they can, they can feel this connection to a, a almost, I don't want to say a brotherhood, but, but almost, you know, just this connection to an exclusive club like, yeah, that's my thing. And anyone else that's into that thing, I mean, there's this automatic connection where they can talk for hours about it. It's, it's really pretty amazing. And Robin Williams knocks this character out of the park. Now, the last quote I want to leave you from August Rush. There's a scene in the movie towards the end. Lewis is in New York, wandering around the streets, and August is out playing on the street corner. He's angry because uh, Wizard isn't going to let him do his concert, and you know he's he's not sure what to do. He's kind of in a in a one of the darkest moments. You see him; he's frustrated, and um, Lewis walks up and and talks to him, and and doesn't know it's his kid, and obviously August doesn't know that that's his dad. But um, they have this moment, they talk about, they start talking about music and they actually swap guitars and they play a song together and it's fantastic, especially when, you know, you as the viewer know that, oh man, he doesn't even know it's his kid and they're making this amazing music and stuff and all of this happens and then they um, give it back and Lewis asks him, you know, kind of ask him why he's so bummed out and he's telling him he's supposed to have a concert tonight here at, at the, you know, in Central Park and all this stuff and can't do it because... He just can't do it. And Lewis tells him, and I think this is some great wisdom for any creative, if, if you ask me. He says, you never quit on your music, no matter what happens. Because anytime something bad happens to you, that's the one place you can escape to and just let it go. And then he goes on to say, he learned that the hard way, referencing when 
you know, he recently just came back to music after, you know, giving it up from, you know, losing what he, what he felt was the love of his life. Um, he says, and anyway, look at me, nothing bad's going to happen. You got to have a little faith. And that was, uh, Lewis speaking with August and August rush. Now, this is another one of those quotes I really think you substitute whatever your your form of artwork is, be it music, you know, you, you never quit on your photography, no matter what happens, because anytime something bad happens to you, it's a one place you can escape to and just let it go. That's the important part about that, you know, insert something else, you never quit on your drawing, you never quit on your woodworking, whatever it is, that creative, you never quit on your creativity. Because no matter what happens, anytime something bad happens to you, it's the one place you can escape to and just let it go. What a beautiful, beautiful mantra, a way of thinking about your creativity because, you know, so often we hear about creativity and things like that. And it's always tied to careers. It's always tied to money, which is not a bad thing, but that's not really what I want to explore. And this is more on the level of, look, more often than not, people that enjoy something creative, a creative pursuit, you know, of whatever it is, they like just making something. They do it because it is that place for them, that stress relief. Um, over on the the recent episode of Street Shots with Antonio, him and our friend Mark Ryerson had a discussion about the idea of a creative oasis where, you know, in, in their conversation, they described it as, you know, your daily life is kind of like the desert you're going through and everything else. And you know, it can throw you some tough times. It can be beautiful, whatever it is. But then every now and then you you get into these places that are these, these creative oasis uh, areas where your creativity can just shine and flourish. And, you know, there, there's a, a lot to unpack. I, I recommend you go check out that episode as well. But, you know, thinking about it kind of in those terms, like, you know, that creativity, you, you do it when you're feeling good. You do it when you're feeling bad. It brings you joy. But especially when you're having those down times, it's the one place you can just go to and kind of let the stress go. And that's, you know, if you remember a couple episodes back, I talked about when my mom uh, was diagnosed with cancer and I don't want to necessarily go through all that again. You can go back and listen to it. It's just a couple episodes back here. But, you know, I talked about it, how when that happened, I really threw myself into my photography. Now, I'd been shooting prior to that for many years. Um, but when it happened, it was just, that was a place that I, things were bad. Life was bad. I was going through something with my family that was incredibly difficult, incredibly stressful, incredibly terrifying. And, uh, I was a wreck. I mean, I was scared out of my mind. I was, you know, just terrified. And I was also crushed thinking that, if things don't go right, I could be losing my mom. And that was not a, you know, it's not a good place to be, you know, I, nobody would think it is, but the one place I went was to my photography and I, I went back to music that did listen to a ton of music and, um, you know, let that bring it in. But it was really the photography and, and it, it really helped me through my, my creative place. I never quit on it because that is that space I can go to. If I'm having a bad week, you know, like it just been a rough week or whatever else, I'll go out first thing Saturday morning. I'll spend a sunrise or early morning just out with my cameras. I might only make a couple images, but just the act of being out there creating something, bringing that camera to my eye is oftentimes enough of a release. It's enough of a, an escape where I can go to it. I can immerse myself in it and just not not think about the rest. And what happens, which is, you know, a topic for another time is how in those moments, even though we're not thinking about the stress and releasing it, 
those things have a way of bleeding into what you're creating as well, and it make it can make some very interesting work. So August Rush, highly recommended as a creative. I mean, if you're not sold yet, what more do I have to tell you? I know I spoiled it for you, but hopefully you've already seen it. This movie is is old. Like I said, it's not brand new. Now let's move on because I watched that movie at home with my kids last Saturday evening and um, finished that up. My wife got back you know, about halfway through the movie and she loves the movie as well. So she finished watching it with us and movie got done. Kids were up in bed and didn't have anything going on that evening. The rest of the evening, my wife was going to go to bed early. She had a long day. And I thought, you know what? I haven't been to a movie in a while. I like to go. I, I used to work in a movie theater and I, I, I still love movies, obviously. And so I, I like to go when I can and see some of the movies I've been waiting for in the theater whenever possible, just because I, I love that experience. But Creed 2, that's right, a Rocky movie, boxing, fighting, blood and pain. <laughs> Creed 2. Uh, just just was released in theaters and our local theater was playing it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to head down. I'm going to go check out the late show of Creed 2. And it was actually pretty awesome because I ended up uh, being the only person in the theater. It was a slow, <laughs> a slow night at the theater that night. So um, got in there and, and I love the Rocky movies. I mean, growing up watching Rocky and Rambo and all those things. I mean, that was that's what I did as a kid. I mean, I loved it. Typical 80s, early 90s kid, you know, and so I've been following this adventure, and if you haven't seen Creed 1 yet, I highly recommend it. They're doing a fantastic job kind of handing off this Rocky franchise to Michael B. Jordan and taking it in a direction which is just amazing. Now, if you haven't seen Creed 1, the whole premise is that Apollo Creed, if you remember back in Rocky 4, uh, he feels this need that like he's not not worth it, and he, like like he's just not satisfied with his status as an ex-champion. So he takes on this bout, you know, this this bout with a boxer named Ivan Drago from Russia. He's a monster. He's a machine played by Dolph Lundgren. And he wants to fight. Drago wants to fight Rocky. Rocky's like, nah, I ain't going to do that. He's on top of the world. He's a champion. Apollo's feeling a little left out, though. He's still in, in shape, but he's getting older. He takes this fight because in his mind, he feels like he had to. And in Rocky Four, he takes the fight. Big spectacle going into it, everything else, and Apollo dies in the ring. Drago kills him, knocks him out, beats him, and he dies in, in Rocky's arms in the ring. So then, of course, Rocky does Rocky things, trains in Russia, fights Drago in Russia, and he proceeds to win the fight, which is amazing. My favorite Rocky movie still to this day. And then this movie in Creed, there's a, there's a gentleman named Adonis Creed who is played by Michael B. Jordan who is Apollo Creed's son and grew up without a dad, of course, grew up in, in uh, foster homes and orphanages and things like that and was a tough kid fighting. And then um, Apollo's wife takes him in and raises him as a kid, teaches him about his heritage, gets him into boxing, the kid fights. And eventually in, in Creed, you know, he trains with Rocky and, and goes through some stuff and very typical Rocky storyline. I mean, a Rocky storyline, this is no surprise. This is this is the definition of a movie basically following a formula where you know, for the most part, what's going to happen. There's going to be the initial setup, you know, kind of the, hey, everything's going pretty good right now kind of a thing. And then something terrible is going to happen. 
And from there, it's going to launch into that epic training montage where we're going to see Rocky running the stairs. We're going to see, you know, him running mountains in Russia and, you know, all that stuff. We're going to see that epic montage. And in the last part of the movie, that's the fight. That's what we've been waiting for. And we're going to see a big, long, you know, going the distance fight. And I won't say you'll see Rocky win every time because there have been times where he's lost. Um, Rocky won set that precedence. But most often, Rocky comes out triumphant in some way, shape, or form, and Creed is doing the same thing in Creed 1. And in Creed 2, he's on top of the world, and like I say, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm just going to give you a few quotes. He he Basically, the premise in Creed 2 is that Drago's got a son now who um, he's raised to be a fighter, and this guy's a monster, and he comes to the U.S., um, Adonis Creed, Michael B. Jordan's character, has won the championship. He's the he's the champ. Things go well. That's our that's our good moment. And Drago wants to fight him, and he feels like he has to because this is this is the family that killed his father. And he goes into this fight, and then we're into the movie. And I'm not going to spoil anything more, but some some quotes in there. This movie, Rocky movies, can be pretty motivational, anyways. But there was some that I thought kind of applied to creativity as well. And the first one was by Adonis Creed from, from Creed 2. It says, if we don't love, uh, excuse me, if we don't do what we love, then you wouldn't exist. And this happens in a moment where he's uh, having a, I don't want to call it an argument, a discussion with his wife or his girlfriend or whatever she is. Um, she's obviously scared from him to take the fight. And, and she's a musician, which you, you know that from the first movie. And he's trying to explain to her like why he feels like he has to do it. And it's because he's a fighter. If you, if, and if we don't do what we love, then a part of us doesn't exist. And how true is that for so many of us as creatives where we have something, you know, photography for me, you know, music for me is another one where I go through periods. If I don't get to enjoy some creativity, if I don't get to make something, I don't get that camera in my hands. I don't get to sit down and play music or maybe, you know, even write or um, even just listening to music a lot of times will, will help somewhat. But if I don't get to to enjoy those creative pursuits and, and act on them, I go stir crazy. I start turning into just a bear. I mean, I'm cranky. My, my wife hates it, you know, and it drives her nuts. But I, I get these moments where if I don't have the chance to do the things I love individually, it's hard for me to exist on, on a level in function, you know, as far as uh, being a, a halfway sane person. So another quote, another quote. I'm sure you guys can relate to that, though. But uh, going on, you've got Adonis Creed and Bianca, his his girlfriend or wife, having a conversation. Um, he's, he's talking about um, his father, and he says he was afraid he couldn't live up to these expectations, and he's he's kind of showing her, you know, she knows the history and everything else. And um, she says to him, you don't think you got your validation? And it got me thinking about something. This one's a, a little, some of you might be saying, okay, that's a stretch, Dave. Come on, man, come back to us. <laughs> but listen, how often is it that we look at our work and we compare it to somebody else's and, and we have these expectations for ourselves? And especially, you know, I don't want to turn this into a social media rant, but we that's one of the areas we see it most commonly where we have these expectations for ourselves. And oftentimes we get afraid of those expectations. So we don't even try. We talk ourselves out of it because we're, we're scared that we can't live up to it. Or when we do try, 
we're, we're attempting to do something out of fear of failure. We're attempting to do it from a place where those expectations are looming and we're, we're not focusing on what it is we're creating, but we're spending all of our time trying to create while looking over our shoulder at that big giant monster of expectations that this thing needs to have certain reception from the, the people that are going to follow. We need all those likes. We need those hearts. We need those follows. We need validation from our peers. We need our friends and family to to gush over how great it was. You know, we need the the industry professionals that we look up to or, or mentors or whatever it is. We want that expectation. We have that expectation that when we create this thing, we're going to release it out into the world and we want certain people to give us that pat on the back. And when we don't feel like we get that, it can be damaging, you know, it really tough to deal with. And it's all about the idea of looking over that shoulder and, and trying to live up to someone else's expectations. When really, as Bianca says, you know, we really need to take a look at what it is we've actually accomplished. I mean, at this point, this was early in the movie and he's, he's a champ. He's a champion for crying out loud. He has done the thing, right? He, he sold that massive print for thousands of dollars. He has gotten published. He has had his music signed and put out there into the world and people love it, but yet it's not enough because there's these higher expectations of something else. And she's just pointing out to him, it's it's a great grounded reminder to say, you know, you don't think you got your validation. Look at what you have. Look at everything you've done. And so I thought it was a great way, you know, in terms of creativity, Maybe I'm, maybe I, you know, some, let me stop for a second. Maybe, just maybe I am completely off the wall crazy here. This adventure might be the most left field adventure ever, but damn it, this is where my mind went watching these movies. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here watching this movie, analyzing every one of these quotes and doing all this stuff. I'm sitting there totally engrossed in August Rush, feeling the music, feeling the emotion. I'm not going to lie. Tears rolled for me when I watched August Rush, and it does every single time I watch that movie. In Creed or any Rocky movie, well, except Rocky Five. Um, every time I watch these movies, by the time that ending fight comes in and it's, oh, he's training, he, he's got that montage and it's building you up and, and everything else. And that fight comes and I'm feeling myself, I'm tense, my fists are clenching. He scores the big hits. He's, you know, fighting back. He's proving himself and I'm feeling myself, oh, I'm pumping my fist. I'm excited. I'm jacked up. I'm, uh, I'm feeling like I could, I could do that. I can beat the world. And that's, you know, it's one of those things I was thinking about it. These two movies together. You know, they're vastly different movies, but that's why they're so incredibly inspiring for creatives. I mean, there's so many moments like that, but when you when you watch a movie that just grabs you like that, and then you start looking back at the, why did it grab me like that? What was it about that story? What is it I love? That's the thing about these movies that I find so incredibly inspiring for me and, and hopefully for you guys as creatives as well. And I would encourage you that, and I plan on doing more of these as well, but I'd encourage you that when you're watching movies and you've got some of those favorite movies that you know when you watch them, they just elicit that raw emotion. Maybe it's tears. Maybe it's just so much laughter and joy. Maybe it's that feeling of, you know what? I can do that. I'm going to conquer the world just like Rocky, just like Creed. I'm going to do these things. When you get those movies that just grab you like that, 
take some time, sit down with a little notepad or notebook or at your computer, your phone and the notes app or whatever it is. Heck, even um, just hit record in your voice memos app and talk to yourself in your phone. You'll feel stupid at first talking to yourself, but go somewhere where no one can hear you and just talk about the things that you love about that movie and the reasons why and what you'll find if you're a creative. I think you'll find that oftentimes there's these underlying things that you're you're not quite picking up on. They're there. You're feeling them in your gut. You're feeling them in your heart and in your chest, and they're hitting you like a ton of bricks. But you don't recognize that in the moment. You're just tied into the story, and you think it's just just that character. But in reality, you're probably feeling something that ties into the way you feel as a creative individual. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something interesting. And in that quote, that last one, you know, where he said he was afraid he couldn't live up to those expectations. And, and she asked him, you don't think you got your validation? What that really boils down to, to me is who are you really creating for? You know, the, the feeling of success that we're, we're looking for, that we're searching for, that expectation of success. I mean, I mean, it could be monetary, could be a, a personal satisfaction, whatever it is, it has to come from within us. No one can give it to us. And there's a quote that comes in, um, and then I'm going to give you a couple more quotes here from Creed 2 that'll tie into that directly as far as that feeling of success has to come from within us. We have to be able to step back and look at things and and realize that, you know what, maybe instead of chasing the next biggest, greatest goal, it's good to have goals, good to be pushing forward all the time, but sometimes it is good to just take a step back and and let ourselves essentially appreciate and, and realize the awesome things we've done, you know, and, and, and that has to come from within you. No one can do that for you. Anyways, let's get back to a couple quotes here. This is more towards the fight fight section. Um, Rocky's giving Creed some advice and he, you know, he's saying round after round, you're going to learn more about yourself. When he stepped in, when I stepped in that ring, it wasn't all about me. And Rocky's telling us to create about the initial fight with Drago. And, um, that's so true as a creative, you know, time after time, creation after creation, photograph after photograph, song after song, whatever it is you're creating, you learn more and more about yourself. The more you do it, the more you push yourself and, you know, you, you realize that sometimes the act of creating becomes a little bigger than yourself and you're just kind of riding this wave of creativity. Now, there's a point where Bianca in that, in that conversation earlier asked Adonis as well, are you having to prove something to other people or prove something to yourself? And again, that just ties right back into what we're talking about earlier, that, that feeling of success has to come from within us. That's what I was talking about. Now, Adonis gives an interview during this movie at one point, and um, he's asked basically if he's afraid of fighting Drago, and he says, what would I be afraid of? I'm a fighter. This is what I do. Now, that may not seem to pertain to anything creative, but the thing I loved about that, it kind of got me jazzed up because it made me want to write that down somewhere and change the words to, you know, I'm a photographer, I'm a creative, I'm a whatever, insert your, your creative passion here. What, what are you afraid of? You are a photographer. You are a musician. You are an illustrator. You are a singer. Whatever it is, that's what you do. It's in you. Let it come out. There's nothing to be afraid of. Let it take you on that creative journey. There's nothing to be afraid of because that is what you do. Now, another great quote I loved, Rocky's reminding Adonis, um, 
of something as they're training and he's asking him, what's the valuable stuff? What is it you're really fighting for? Now, yeah, it's, it's a boxing analogy and, and they're looking at, you know, sometimes you've got to, you know, again, look inside, but that's why I loved it because you realize as he's going through it, that's, what's the valuable stuff for him is that it's, it's that feeling of, of meeting that expectation within himself. It's the feeling of being able to feel successful in whatever that means to him or whatever that means to you as a creative. I ask you that, you know, listener. Yep. I'm still here. I'm talking to you this whole time. I'm not talking to myself. Remember that. What is the valuable stuff to you? What is it that you're really creating for? What is it that drives you? Now, couple couple uh, tidbits, last two quotes here from, from Creed 2. And um, during the, the training montage, when everything's kicking off, Rocky is, is setting up some training. And if you know Rocky movies, you know that he's not going to spend his time in a state-of-the-art gym because that's not how you get better. He says, you know, and he has a quote here that's great, and it's been consistent through so many of his movies. We saw it in Rocky IV when he goes to Russia and he's lifting logs and running in the snow and running up mountains and punching, you know, sides of beef in, in the first Rocky, all this stuff. He doesn't train conventionally, and that's what makes him successful. And he says, if you want to change things in a big way, you need to make big changes. And I, when I heard that in the movie, I actually jotted it down in my phone. And then when I got the the show notes ready for this episode, that was one quote I made sure to have in there. Didn't even have to look it up. And that hit me hard because it's, you know, so often we get stuck in that creative rut. We talked about it last week and we talked about how we need to just jump in, let those ideas start flowing and let those things happen. And, um, this is just that. It's saying, look, if you're not happy with the way things are going right now, creativity, create, uh, can't talk again, creatively for you. Wow, guys, I'm, I'm really amazed. It's already 45 minutes in and, and we're, I'm still going strong here. Just like Rocky, we're at the, in the late rounds of the fight, we're going to get this thing going. I may have a few stumbles, but I got it in me. I got it in me, man. All right. So if you want to make big changes, if you want to see your creativity. If you want to see whatever projects you are, go in a new direction. You want to see something more happen. Well, sometimes you have to look at ourselves and the way that we're doing things, and we have to make some big changes ourselves. And lastly, the last quote from Rocky I want to give you is that if you want to get the results no one else is getting, you have to do things no one else is doing. Again, they're talking about training for a fight. They're talking about beating um, this monster of a fighter who by all accounts, everyone, he just destroys them, you know, and you see this in the trailers and the previous. So I really haven't spoiled anything in this movie. I promise you these quotes aren't going to spoil anything. Um, but Rocky's advice is true for, for anything, you know, as a photographer, if I want to get results, no one else is getting, I have to do things no one else is doing. And what that means is that if I want photos that are more than just the same snapshots we see anywhere else, I need to be willing to to put in the work to get there. I might have to hike two miles back in the woods. I may have to take the time to set up a tripod or set up lights and be finicky and learn. I may have to put in hours learning how to do something because most people, I mean, not all people, but most people, the average photographer, they're not going to deal with it. It's it's hard work. Eh, I don't want to deal with it. Uh, not to bring this to hunting, but we see this in the in hunting all the time. I, I grew up as an outdoorsman and a hunter, and 
time and time again, you know, I see people, they go out hunting deer season, they go years and years and years without ever shooting anything, never get a deer and they get disgusted. I don't know how you guys do it. And they get mad when, you know, like, like my family, we've hunted this same land since my grandpa was a kid and he's you know, closing in on his mid nineties now. Um, we do do what other people don't. We want results. We want to get deer. We want to be successful in our hunts. So we do the things no one else is doing, which means we put in hours upon hours upon hours of time scouting, getting to know the area, looking where the deer are moving. I mean, we, we put so much time and effort in, and we're not just driving our four-wheeler to the base of our stand, climbing in at, you know, hour after daylight and leaving two hours after and drinking beer up there the whole time. No, we hunt. I mean, we put in a lot of hard work and that, it applies to anything creatively and elsewise in your life. If you want to get the results no one else is getting or the results that you want to see, you have to do things that no one else is doing. It doesn't mean you have to reinvent the wheel every time, but you have to be willing to get your hands dirty. You have to be willing to roll up your sleeves, buckle down, you know, whatever other cliche, what other cliches can I give you? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, get up off that mat rock. You, you gotta, you gotta be willing to get in there and just do the things, the hard things, the hard work. And it's not going to be pleasant all the time, but you have to be willing to go through those things so that you can get the results you want to see creatively. So when we look at, at difficult times as a creative, there's there's something that with these movies in both of them, we we kind of have to remember it's a takeaway that I've got. I mean, they're both so incredibly motivating and inspiring to me, but much like it's said in Creed 2, we have to learn to heal from within. We have to look within ourselves to find out what we're made of. I mean, by healing from within, what we're talking about is kind of the equivalent of saying that when things aren't going your way, don't sit around and wallow. Don't don't throw a pity party for yourself. Don't feel sorry for yourself. No one else is feeling sorry for you. So why should you spend time doing that? Everyone struggles. They've got their own stuff they're dealing with. No one else is going to take any time to feel sorry for you that you're struggling trying to make uh, the best picture you can or you're struggling um, trying to gain more followers or trying to be creatively satisfied. That's the big thing. No one, and I mean no one, is going to feel sorry for you or I or anyone else that we're not feeling personally creatively satisfied. So why on earth would you waste any time feeling sorry for yourself in that situation? That's when you have to look in the mirror and decide, are you going to roll up your sleeves? Are you going to hit the gym? Are you going to put the work in and and battle through whatever roadblock you've got going on, or are you going to just wallow around in self-pity and kind of throw in the towel? You know, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. I mean, you have to be able to look deep inside yourself, dig deep and find that fire, find that passion from within. We have to continue to find a way to pick ourselves up. Like I said, off the mat, keep fighting. Rocky never gives up. You know that Rocky never gives up. He's taught Creed, Adonis Creed, uh, Apollo Creed's son, how to have that same tenacity, that same will to never give up, to give it your best all the time and just come out and keep swinging. Now, even August Rush, like he said to August, uh, Lewis, his father says to August, never give up on those creative pursuits because that's a one place when those times are tough and you're digging deep within yourself and you're having to look yourself in the mirror your creative pursuits are the one place that are always there for you, even in the worst of times. 
And sometimes that's all we need is that that place to just let go. We have to have a little faith in ourselves. All right, guys. So like all good adventures, this one too has come to an end. But as I say, it is not the end. There are always new adventures and we'll have a brand new one here for you next week. I have been teasing this for a long time now since I started this show, but next week, the episode coming out will be my next conversation. It's the the December conversation, and it's with a fantastic individual named Casey Whalen. Um, and he is a writer. He's a, I don't know how I want to describe him. He's you'll hear it in the interview next week, but he's a he's an award-winning creative known for his work. Um, creating these amazing audio dramas. And I'm going to leave it at that, a little teaser for next week. So you'll want to make sure and tune in next week for that uh, all new conversation here on Adventures in Creativity. So I hope you've enjoyed this this kind of long rambling conversation we've had here when it comes to August Rush and Creed 2. And I hope that you guys will take the chance to jump on Netflix, search out a copy of August Rush and watch that right away. And if you get a chance... Go check out Creed 2 as well. If you can't see Creed 2, if you can't get to the theater, make sure and just grab any of your favorite Rocky movies off the shelf. My favorites, I I recommend Rocky 1 through 4, fantastic. Especially 1, 2, and 4. 3 is pretty decent too, but 1 through 4 especially, fantastic. And then obviously Rocky Balboa was amazing. And then Creed 1 and 2, those are the ones. You can skip Rocky 5, that's kind of, it's not my thing. Watch some movies, take something away from it, and let yourself open up. As August said in August Rush, if we're willing to listen, if we're willing to hear it, and I want you to watch these movies and just kind of open yourself up and let that feeling of being creatively jazzed, let that feeling of being motivated just flow into you because I'm willing to bet that just about whatever creative pursuits you're into, that if you watch either one of these movies or both of them from that mindset, you're going to come away feeling a little bit inspired. Now, as I mentioned off the top, if you enjoy what I do, please tell a friend, subscribe, rate, review for free. Just listen, follow along. It's the easiest way to get the all new adventures in your ears every single week. And I so appreciate you guys um, listening and taking time to listen. I really, really do. But if you use Apple Podcasts, go in there, hit that subscribe button, leave me a note and a rating. Whatever the podcast player of your choice is, you know, it could be Google Play, whatever else it is. You can go on any one of them, leave me a note. And if you have someone you think I should chat with, absolutely reach out and I'd love to talk with you. My my ideal goal, I don't know if I can make it happen schedule-wise, I've said it before, is I'd like to have twice a month, I'd like to do conversations with other creatives. And twice a month, I'd like to sit down like we're doing today, just me and you having a chat. So if we can get there someday in the future, awesome. In the meantime... We're going to keep going on adventures here. So you can find me and keep tabs on everything to do with adventures and creativity at davidswiduck.com, which includes all the episode show notes, my photo work and essays, writing, and so much more. Or of course, you can find me on social media where I am at David Swiduck just about everywhere, most active on Twitter, though I will warn you. So I do want to thank you guys so much. I know I say that every week, but I appreciate it. This was a little bit longer adventure. I hope it was a fun one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you'll be around next week when I sit down for a conversation that I've been sitting on for so long with Casey Wayland, the award-winning creative of some amazing audio dramas. You're going to love it. Guys, take care. 
Stay curious, be on the lookout for your own adventures and creativity, and I will see you next week. Thanks again for listening. Music in this episode is provided by the band Portrayal. It's a track called Lost Souls. You can find it at freemusicarchive.org. 